Hello, and welcome to the Meta Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay the Boss Boss. Together, we're going to have conversations about what it's like to be a woman in the gaming industry. From struggle to success, we're covering it all. I'm so excited to introduce our guest today. I think she's going to be a really fresh perspective to the show. Anna Iorio is currently finishing her degree at Southern Methodist University in Texas. In addition to a busy class load in engineering, management, and information systems, Anna is SMU's esports club president, which is going to be so fun to talk about for us that have been long out of college. Uh, Anna, welcome to the show. To start, please feel free to introduce yourself and give a couple sentences of background to our audience. Hi, thank you for that, so much for having me. Uh, my name is Anna. As Lindsay introduced myself, um, I am a senior management science major here at SMU. And I guess my favorite games right now would be like Overwatch and League of Legends. And also in my free time, I do a lot of sewing and that's so fun like, 3d modeling and stuff like that's fun oh cool that's i mean 3d mm-hmm. modeling is sort of like gaming for professionalism so yeah <laughs> i get that <laughs> um do you watch overwatch league at all just out of curiosity i do a little bit like a little mm-hmm. bit with my team um but i don't like follow any team like religiously like I, with everything switching to overwatch 2 it'll be really interesting to see how that goes I'm hoping that brings in more fans. I tried to watch a couple matches and honestly, it was just like, not that fun to watch. It's so confusing. (laughs) It's even going to get more confusing because now we won't even get to like play on the patch they're playing. It's going to be interesting. But anyways, that aside, I'm glad to meet at least someone who's a fan of the game. Um, I know people Mm -hmm. who have tried it, but it's they have really cool characters. I just I just never could get down with the motions. But yeah. (laughs) I would actually love to start uh, with an article that I recently saw on your LinkedIn profile, which was a profile of you and other women in esports for the Dallas Morning News. Mm-hmm. And I unfortunately couldn't quite get through the paywall there, but from what I could quickly <laughs> scroll and glean, a lot of it was about the toxicity and kind of the environment that you and a lot of your other uh, women gamers deal with. And I, well, the part that I did see was that it was so harsh that you have to you usually turn off your headphones and mic during gaming. Um, so it's, it's been a little bit since that article was published and obviously we're in a pandemic world and more people mm-hmm. are gaming. There's been new games released like the every year, the gaming and landscape kind of changes, but how do you feel about kind of the thoughts you shared in that article and where the environment is at today? And has anything gotten changed or has anything changed for the better or for the worse or what's it been like? It's been slightly better since that article was published. I play a lot less Overwatch now than I used to, like solo <laughs> queuing at least. I play more with like the team environment. Of course, like my team's not going to harass me in the game. Um, but I do see more like women now in my Overwatch games. And like a lot of times I just don't want to turn on my mic. It's not worth it. Like a lot of the time, especially like in quick play, like in competitive, like you do need to have some communication in higher ranks or else you're kind of just intentionally throwing the game for your team. Right. And like, so that's like kind of like a conflict of interest. Like, do I talk? Do I not? Um, most of the time I do. And then I'll always just mute myself or mute everything. Um, like the whole, co- you can just like click a button and mute them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like League of Legends doesn't even have a voice chat. 
which mm. is really interesting. And people just text, like flame you in the chat. And I don't, I don't really mind the flame. Like I don't really mind if someone's calling me bad because I'm like doing bad. That's totally understandable. But just when it like brings in like my gender or like aspects of me that like are more personal, that's when I right. just yeah. arguing with that. No, um, would you say, I mean, since League of Legends has like sort of a different way of moderating and they do use mm-hmm. the chat, is there one that you prefer over another? Like what are, can you talk a little bit about like the pros and cons of not having voice versus having voice even as an option? I think in a game like Overwatch, you need to have a voice chat because there's no like ping system. Like, I don't know if you play mm-hmm. League. Basically, you can like on your mouse, you can say, I need help or they have right. vision here. Or yeah, you can you can mm-hmm. you can communicate without words, which is really nice. And people like send in the chat like certain stuff like they need. And you can also ping um, people like positions and like if people someone died and they're like the timer is on certain objectives, you can you can ping all that really easily. Mm-hmm. And so like, you don't even need to talk, but in Overwatch, you can't do, there's no ping system. You can't do any of that. Right. So you're either typing, which, you know, you have to stand still and type and you're not playing the game or you just talk. And there's no, I guess Apex is kind of a happy medium. I don't know if you've ever played Apex, but there you can Watch talk. Watch Apex, yeah. Yeah. But there's a ping system in Apex. Mm-hmm. So it's, do you, it's really good. Do you think something like the ping system would help with, the environment in general or is that like a league kind of specific way i think it could help it could help people that don't want to talk Mm -hmm. communicate and they can not want to talk for any reason um and i do wish there was a ping system in overwatch but at the same time if you've ever watched overwatch league you know know. there's a billion things on the screen at one time (laughs) and it's already confusing and adding one more thing probably just isn't the best move. Yeah, that's true. Maybe uh, maybe Overwatch has a little bit of work to do before the ping system is is uh, kind of yeah. a reality. But has there been any any tools you've kind of gleaned over the years or ways you've tended to adapt to the environment in order to kind of avoid some of the situations you've talked about? Aside from choosing not to speak, which is an kind of a obvious one i usually will just be like why would you say that i usually i try and like if it's like not very bad if it's like a little if it's like a little jab like some i play it's usually apex now i think i've been kind of like i I so look so keep apex all the time and you know if you're playing good they don't really say anything but if like you're struggling or whatever and they like try and harass you we i usually will try and ask a question try and get a dialogue going Right. And it's not successful most of the time. Usually they just call you a bitch. That's the classic. <laughs> yeah. Go, go like, back great. to the kitchen. You're a bitch. This is, we're losing because we have a woman. Yeah. These are top three. <laughs> I wish that that was sort of different across industries, but at least we have that going for us. There's yeah. a consistency like, across everything. <laughs> get, some, get some better insults. Um, a little more creativity would be more creativity but I do think that the more so if you only have like one woman on your team if you're playing I guess Valorant I used to play some Valorant you only have Mm -hmm. one woman on your team you know they're kind of and everyone's like ganging up on her they're kind of getting the brunt of it but if you have two you can kind of use that to shift the dynamic because then you got like support system 
Do you happen to find that some of the newer released games, this is a question I've asked before on this podcast, mm-hmm. but I wonder your perspective as someone who's like, you know, who plays them a lot. Some of the newer release games have like a better or an easier time building a less toxic environment just because they're not dealing yes. with you know, 10, 12, 20 years of baggage. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. I think games like Call of Duty and Halo, mm-hmm. like those are the worst, like I play a little bit of Halo. It's awful. Like I, I, one, I'm bad at it because I mm-hmm. didn't grow up with Halo. People right. forget that people have been playing Halo for over a decade, like since they were five years old. And I just started playing tonight. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just all that baggage, especially with Call of Duty. It's so bad. Like Warzone yeah. is unplayable for me. It actually is. Huh. I mean, that's, yeah. That, and that does seem like a cultural, like it's so much easier to start from the ground up. Cause obviously, you know, Riot made League of Legends and Valorant, but I do know that the rules starting off in Valorant were so much more strict. Um, mm-hmm. and they have, they have voice moderation, which is a whole yes. like, bucket of words in and of itself. I mean, I don't want to get into like the privacy debates there and stuff, but yeah. it's just interesting to think about, you know, games that were released so long ago and have been traditionally marketed to a male audience. It seems like it's so much harder to crack the, like crack into those and feel comfortable. Whereas things like re- very recently released like Apex, Overwatch, Valorant, it's like easier to maybe yeah have like, a positive experience. I like games where it's like I like games that have women characters, obviously, because like I want to mm-hmm. play like as the the sexy woman with like Loba. She has like the boots. I was gonna and say the you want to be Loba. Yeah, <laughs> I love playing her because it's like uh-huh. you know she's so cool, mm-hmm. and I think like that's like a start because it's like you have a game that's just like just a bunch of dudes guys being dudes running around <laughs> i don't want to play that i'm sorry yeah well and you know yeah. the world needs more of guys being dudes type environment so yeah we don't have enough of those anyway so I'm just, yeah i'm totally joking um, yeah, yeah well i'm glad that you brought up actually character representation because i so i'm not uh, i'm definitely not what i consider a hardcore gamer i watch a lot of games and i play a lot of hyper casual games that you know it's not character based so it's pretty easy for it to be gender neutral um mm-hmm. but i'm happy to know one of the things the game industry always pushes i feel like is oh you know we have better representation in these games now by adding a woman character um however a lot of them are sometimes still designed not with women in mind i feel like Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that some of the games, like some of the characters have been resonating with you. Hopefully that means it's sort of a step in the right direction in terms of actually including a woman presence in these games. Yeah. Yeah. How have you seen a change as you've been playing for years now? Um, cause like the originally it was funny you say that cause like Overwatch was the first shooter like I ever played on PC. Like Mm -hmm. I played, I used to play Call of Duty on like Xbox when I was like, 12 i remember beg, I, had to beg, yeah. I had to beg my parents for an xbox they were like you know that's for boys like why do you want an xbox why do you want to play call of duty like you literally play as like a military guy and you shoot people and you have an rc car that like blows people up they're like this is not appropriate for our daughter and i was like please i want to play it and they're like fine so i had an xbox i played black ops 2 that was like the first game I had. And then I played Destiny and I was really into Destiny. And you can play like, it's like a character oh, yeah. creation game. You can mm-hmm. like create, I had like a little like woman I played as, that was great. 
And then Overwatch was like, I, I like moved over to PC and I, I was like, Overwatch, like these characters, I like the design, you know, they have like right. nice characters. I like the design. I like, I like the art style. And like back in 2016, when that game came out, they were doing so much marketing and promotional material and all the cinematics like really sold the game for me. So, well, that makes me happy to hear that. Like that, in, I guess sometimes I'm not sure if the inclusion actually matters to gamers. So it's, I'm glad to hear that that's not true. Um, and that's just one step a lot of companies have been taking, but do you feel like companies are doing enough or what are some sort of areas of improvement you see? I think there's a lot of obvious news stories here, yeah. but I, I would rather know from your perspective as a, as an, as a gamer, as someone who's been getting into shooters and playing shooters now, mm-hmm. like what, what would make you feel more comfortable? What do you want to see in the industry change or what do you want to see these, these bigger publishers do to kind of aid I... that growth? I really want publishers to just like take a stance, like no harassment, like kind of what mm-hmm. Riot does, like like racism, sexism, like xenophobia, all that, just like insta ban, like insta two mm-hmm. weeks, first time. I don't remember what the second penalty is for league, but it's like you say, like if they like you say like a slur or anything, just ban right off the bat, and like no no leniency on that. Like you should get banned if you call someone a slur. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a, like, you know, you can't go on the street and just call people. I mean, you can, but like, you're going to be, <laughs> nobody likes you. <laughs> no one likes it. Like it, it's a private company. They should take a stance against it. Um, uh, so then do you see more like sort of content moderation, voice moderation stuff being critical there? Yeah. Um, definitely like a hard text filter. Um, gotcha at the very least i know there's like differencing opinions on the voice moderation for valorant and mm-hmm. it's depending on how you look at it like it's big brother watching over you f- for sure but at the same time if someone's like being overly harassive in the voice chat that's not healthy for your game yeah i definitely think that there uh, there is a whole i mean content moderation is such a nationwide yeah. like sticky issue not just in gaming so yeah it's hard to i don't think you and i are gonna like solve the problem here today no, for sure <laughs> not especially with um, like all the internet in general just exactly yeah. so i i i yeah i wasn't it, it's good to know that you think that things like bands and heavier moderation would actually have an impact how that gets implemented is a is not a story for you and me yeah <laughs> for sure where, where we're living <laughs> Um, yeah like back on characters i do think something like they i wish that more companies would do is just like do like more diverse like body types of course like different like ethnicities represented like that's why i got really like apex is because Mm -hmm. there's like every character like feels unique and different and like doesn't feel like a copy and paste of someone else and they they all like I, i really like it Everyone has their own style. That seems like such a natural thing to incorporate. I guess it's surprising that this hasn't happened sooner. Mm-hmm. Just because adding a little interest to the characters just makes them more playable, in in my opinion. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's true for you, but it's it's the same thing as waking up and choosing something different to wear or choosing something different to eat or... I mean, just having the same style over and over and not kind of incorporating yeah. all of these other things just doesn't seem like a 
economically viable strategy even. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I know that some games like Valorant, people are like, well, why aren't different? Like, why are all the girls skinny? And why are all the guys like super jacked? And I know that in Valorant, at least, they are trying to have them all fit in the same player model so that hitboxes mm-hmm. don't change. Mm-hmm. But even in those limitations that that game sets for itself, they're still like incorporating different characters in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's ways, ways to do it. I get you. So mm-hmm. just to shift gears a little bit, it'd be great to hear what the esports college scene is like. And as we, as we talk about the college esports landscape, I want to just prime the audience with some numbers. Uh, there was an article published by the Associated Press this past March. So March of 2021, slightly outdated, but still pretty relevant. It looked at esports scholarships in 27 public American schools and male gamers held 90.4% of roster spots and received 88.5% of scholarship funds, even though, as we know, 41% of U.S. gamers are female and that number is growing. Uh, So I do want to be mindful that this is a portion of schools, they have to offer esports funding, and that esports funding itself is becoming more mainstream, but it's not as widely available as things like sports funding. So items like Title IX and Equal Funding Acts and all of that aren't necessarily at play here. And it's not necessarily, I don't want to place the individual blame on any university team or program. Um, So there's definitely a couple caveats, but it is safe to say that the experiences of women in the gaming industry back up the experience among collegiate gamers. Um, So as the president of the esports club, um, I would love to hear, first of all, about what your club's all about, like what you guys do together, what that looks like. Um, esports clubs are definitely a relatively new phenomenon on campuses. Um, and then what responsibilities you take on as president and how you think about inclusivity in those responsibilities. Okay, so a little bit on my club is the SMU Esports Club is both for competitive gamers and then more casual gamers. So it's like a multifaceted club in that sense. Uh, we have, we do like manage the teams all of ourselves. We don't have a coach. We have an advisor, but it's all student ran and led um, the teams. So we have like a League of Legends team, Overwatch, two Overwatch teams, Valorant team, Dota team, Rocket League team, Hearthstone team, and a CSGO team. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. And we'll, we're always trying to like add more teams um, just when there's interest. But those teams compete in tournaments against other universities. We do have like that varsity status because we are technically an intramural sports club on our campus. Oh, cool. So like the intramural sports director um, is like our point of contact. So we can mm-hmm. compete in those tournaments with those like schools that get actual esports funding because we're still like gotcha. not at that level where we get mm-hmm. like school like just throws money at us and we have like a space. One day. <laughs> One day we will hopefully, um, but that's not really up to us anymore. Um, and then also the cab on the more casual side, I've been really like trying to expand that lately um, because I do think that if you want to be a more inclusive club, you need to cater to all types of gamers. So um, my favorite event we have for like casual gamers is we have monthly game nights where we pick. We played mm-hmm. Among Us last week and it was a blast. Um, so like games like that, where they're cheap and everyone can play together, we'll try and do that like one or two times a month. Gotcha. And then also, um, people will just like ask to play games with each other, like in the t- channels and like ping in our discord. 
And then I have like a bi-weekly event and it's called Gamer Book Club. So it's like, imagine like a book club, but instead of reading a book, you play a video game. And then we all meet outside, like on the, on the lawn of our campus and we sit in a circle and sometimes I bring snacks and we like talk about the game and it's really fun. It's just like an in-person event. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a cool idea to get people playing different games. I think that it's so easy to get stuck in a rut or like have a massive Mm -hmm. steam library and not Mm -hmm. get to anything. Or, I mean, there's new games released every day, so it's mm-hmm. hard to keep up. So how do you guys pick games? Who gets I, to pick? People, I, I get final say. Oh. <laughs> it's like my event. But I do take yeah. suggestions. Props so to be some president, I suppose. I guess. Yeah. Someone, like, bribed me. He was like, can we play Halo for our game? Like, the Halo games are, like, $5 now. And I'm like, sure, we can play Halo. He's like, I'll bring, he's like, I'll bring canes. Don't worry. I'm like, okay, we can play Halo. So we played Halo. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, not too jazzed about it because I'm not the biggest Halo fan. But it was Mm -hmm. fun. I enjoyed it. It was good to like hear them all talk about Halo lore for 45 minutes. Um, We've also played Frog Fractions. We played Journey, Stardew Valley. um, Classics classics we did like on and over breaks i try to assi- try to assign a longer game so mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what game i'm going to assign i try and keep it under 20 dollars. so if there's like a sale we'll pick up something right. like a little bit bigger oh we played like play that assigned too. that's very uh yeah. assign a game is very professorial of you <laughs> yeah it's very we're playing this no choice yeah. we're playing this right um What's final it's grades fun. are due at this time? Yeah, that's funny. That is that's such a cool idea, though. I think like adding variety is so important because it's so easy to get stuck. Um, can you talk a little bit about? I mean, because I think that you mentioned before that you're the first female president of the club. Is that accurate? Um, esports club. I can't, yeah, at your school. No, there was a oh, president like two cycles before that. Before she you was president. Gotcha. Yeah. That's well, I mean, that's great because as we can see with the mm-hmm. statistics, that's fairly rare. But yeah. what do you think you guys have done to to create that environment where not only women are included, but there's there's women in positions of power? That's maybe the industry can learn something from how you guys run things. It's basically just like we crack down like our server, we crack down on like no sexism, no racism, no homophobia, nothing like that. Like and if someone like breaks those laws, we just delete their message and we have a private conversation with them. Like we try and like explain that like our club's pretty diverse. We have lots mm-hmm. of like trans, um, trans and like other um, LGBT members in our organization. And at least we haven't had, we had not have any, had any problems with racism as long as I've been president. It's mainly been gotcha. problems with um, like respecting like people's identities. And we just try mm-hmm. and like, have like a dialogue instead of just like instantly banning them like maybe just because like we're all we all go to school together mm-hmm. and some people just like don't know that we have trans women in our club and so we just like try and educate like you know educate them instead of just trying to tear them down right well and that's good and how do you all make sure or how do you all incorporate that into recruiting new club members we try and really have a lot of photos and like push the casual side so we try and like have gotcha. photos of like are like more casual events and that does include like a lot of women mm-hmm. at the esports booth it's like i have like mm-hmm. an esports jersey i like wear my esports jersey and they're like oh my gosh you're on the esports team like let's talk about it 
and then they'll be like oh i don't really play that much i played mario kart I'm like that's fine we have mario kart tournaments sometimes we play we play jackbox a lot like please join like this isn't i don't want you to think it's just for the sweatiest of the competitive gamers with the pc like if you don't even have a gaming console you can join our club I like that you guys play Jackbox mm-hmm. a lot. That's what uh, I actually play with my family. Like, you know, even yeah. the even my sixty plus year old family members can get so down with Jackbox, which just makes it really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so like like minimum barrier to entry. Like I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to feel like they're not good enough to be a part of the club because like yeah, we're like, there's no like skill limit for the club. Of course, you have to try out for the teams, but even mm-hmm. then, like when people are like hesitant about trying out for the teams, I'm like. I like to remind people that the average rank in like games is the average rank for college teams. Like, of course you have like those UTDs and they're all like contenders players that are like finishing their degree, getting paid to play Overwatch. But that's not the case at every single school. Right. So I like, I like that focus because I've been trying to find like, you know, as even as an adult now, I've been trying to find my own place in the gaming industry as someone who is, definitely more on the casual side totally the mario party mario kart mobile game kind of gal um and it seems like a lot of the marketing and opportunities haven't quite reached that audience yet that could be Mm -hmm. me not being in the right channels but i don't suspect that's the case but there is some sort of disconnect i feel like between Mm -hmm. casual gamers and the gaming community at large yeah i agree Cause a lot of my friends, like outside of like my team, they play like one of my friends. He exclusively plays Pokemon and Switch games, and like we, I had them over at my place, and they like downloaded the game at midnight. And we're playing it, and like I did not understand it at all. I'm like I'm going to sleep, and I woke up <laughs> at four a.m. and they were still playing Pokemon. I'm like, we have school tomorrow. Why are you still here? <laughs> but like th- those people still exist, and they're still like their opinions are valid, and they're gamers. And just because they're not playing how you play doesn't make them any less of like a gamer. Yeah, that's been that's been some that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show was to talk about mm-hmm. that specifically is in this sort of imposter syndrome thing where you don't feel like you're in a place where you belong. But the reality of gaming is it's a wide, wide world. And I I feel like we think of gaming as as just esports, as just the professional events and and these mm-hmm. massive productions with high level equipment and you know you have to have a $2000 computer and it's like no we actually all just no. carry around gaming devices all the time in our phones and yeah and things like the switch are super accessible um to all ages and things like jackbox are mega mm-hmm. accessible so yeah i like that that's kind of a core tenant that you guys maintain the competitive scene while also building the casual i think that's a really smart mm-hmm. way of running the organization um, so with that, how do you kind of feel, I mean, you're really in the college scene at since you were mm-hmm. a club too, but how do you feel about the college scene? You mentioned traveling to other colleges or playing other colleges, um, in mm-hmm. tournaments and stuff. How, how, what has that experience kind of been like? And what do you see in terms of the inclusivity and diversity aspects there? Sounds like you guys have it figured out, but what about the wider scene in general? So it's really like, I don't want to like speak on every school because I, I only really right. know the Overwatch scene mm-hmm. barely. And that's like basically based on the like very small subset of tournaments I've been to. 
but there mm-hmm. have been some women there and we've talked and it's definitely I can't speak on like racial diversity really I can only really speak on gender diversity mm-hmm. um but it's like hard to tell because like some schools like UTD and UNT they are trying to pull pull in the best of the best and it's kind of like a magnet in a way for esports players they're like oh well if i'm one of the best players i'm gonna play at one of the best schools because Mm -hmm. they're gonna pay me to do it and i guess that's different than what our club does because no one really comes no one comes to smu because they want to play on the esports team it's more of like you play esports you like want to play esports in college okay like i'm pretty decent i guess i'll join the team Mm -hmm. and there's like just that's just a a big difference um yeah so some other schools sense. yeah Go yeah ahead. Sorry. So some other schools sorry some other schools like in the same situation of us repeat it's more of like they recruit from the existing student body they mm-hmm. seem to have i don't want to say better seems like the wrong word but they have more women than generally than like a, a utd where they're they're paying players on scholarship and i don't think that's because there's no female gamers at utd i think that's just it's just a symptom of 10 15 10 years ago where games were just marketed to boys mm-hmm. right can, well and the, mm-hmm. the competitive scene itself is even expanding yeah. to more of the like the all-female valorant team and mm-hmm. the, the, it's there's finally some shooters especially out there that are just a little bit less catered to only boys <laughs> yeah and I think like also UTD is University of Texas Dallas, right? Yes, yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I should explain that. I am outside of Texas as a lot okay. of listeners <laughs> are, so I wanted to make sure. Yeah, they're definitely we're saying they're, that. <laughs> they're the program that like every school in Texas wants to be. They get so much funding. They have the best players, a great coach and support staff, great student. Huh. I talked as a student staff there. Um, they're amazing. They also like kind of have a split. They have a truly split like club like their club and casual side is completely separate than the from their competitive teams god gotcha. competitive teams are ran more like a, an actual sport than a okay because they have like a huh. coach so it sounds like the i mean we all know the college scene is still developing but i mm-hmm. it sounds like there's kind of a lot of self-direction in terms of the like how the development is going would you oh yeah I mean, it's very school see? dependent uh-huh. so if your school is like if the president of your school is like esports send you're gonna have like an overnight basically like in a, in a matter of a sh- very short frame of time once they mm-hmm. start putting money towards it it just starts to change everything and you can get a very top tier program if you start putting money towards it especially if your school is like mm-hmm. in a location where it's attractive for many students because dallas is very attractive yeah as an esports well, like, esports players yeah right there's yeah bunch of teams headquartered there so that does make a lot of sense um how do you think that programs can be kind of smart i guess about growth because in the current environment we're in right if every Mm -hmm. school overnight got a bunch of funding to start an esports team then i i don't i suspect that there wouldn't be a great gender breakdown right now probably not (laughs) so as more and more schools get money and more and more schools invest more in esports programs. Are there things you've seen at UTD or at SMU or elsewhere 
where you think, okay, that's a good way of actually attracting and retaining female talent? I think just having a welcoming environment. Again, like, even if, like, if you can't control really if, if someone is better than someone else, they're going to put them absolutely. on the team over someone else. Absolutely. Yep. But even like having like, Hey, like we, like maybe we don't, maybe you're the only woman that's going to be on our starting roster for overwatch, but we do have another, like a casual side and we do have more women on that side of the club. Mm-hmm. And it's that can kind of help. Like for me, I'm the only woman on our team right now. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still like an inclusive environment. And like, even if you don't try to find the words, but even if like, you don't have, like don't pull in like someone that's like good enough to be on the team. That's like a woman, you can still like have an environment that's not toxic. Yeah. Very true. I think that's where that support staff role also comes in. Um, I know I was a former college athlete and so in Mm -hmm. NCAA varsity programs, there's, tons of additional people you have a personal trainer and you have assistant coaches and you have all of that as schools get more and more funding i would love to see those positions not necessarily be filled by women because like you said if someone's if someone's right for the job if someone's better they're right for the job but Mm -hmm. i just hope that hiring practices are more are managed very thoughtfully i guess in the same way that recruiting practices i would hope would be managed very thoughtfully um but yeah, it's going to be interesting because we're seeing more and more schools get these programs and it's like, oh God, I mean, that study was published in March. Like, You know, what's happened since March? It's only been nine months. So uh, hopefully maybe 2022, we get a little more, but I like that uh, SMU that your school has not only had several female leaders, but focuses so much on the casual side. I actually mm-hmm. just feel like that's something that's like, that's, and we, I've said this earlier, but I do feel like that's really missing from the gaming environment in general. Why yeah. aren't things like, why do we have, everything is high performance, right? Mm-hmm. Where is the medium low performance stuff? Where is the G full fuel for like, I don't know, playing Mario Kart? I guess maybe people are still drinking Red Bulls, but do you know what I mean? Like, I get what you mean. Yeah. I think it's just because, at least to me, video games are, it's basically, the companies make them to make money. And when you have, like, they're, like you can play Quick Play, and, like, Quick Play still see, like, Quick Play still uses, like, your hidden rank to determine a, an even match. So you're still mm-hmm. getting, like, high-quality games, like, or you're supposed to be getting high-quality games. But, like, ranked, to me, is supposed to be, like, oh, try and climb your rank. Like, prove you're the best. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the point of climbing your rank if you're just playing games for fun? Like, if you want to get better, that's fine. But when I, like, get home from school, I don't want to just spend (laughs) two hours sweating and trying as hard as I can. Like, I understand that's fun for some people. I did that for Overwatch. Uh Uh-huh. After, like... After okay, like after you hit that hypothetical made up number on the screen and you get the shiny little icon by your name, then like what's there at the end of the day? You're like, I guess I can play this game better than ninety eight percent of players. But am I having more fun? Because I can't even play with my friends. No. Like <laughs> I had to make like you have to get so a new account to play with them. It's like I think everyone's just like 
wants to be the best or they see their streamers playing and they're like, wow, they're so good. If I was that good, the game would be more fun for me. Mm -hmm. And the game is not more fun just because you get better. I definitely think, I mean, it's worth noting that obviously there, it can be fun to get better at something. And yes, it can. We we all know that point. Yeah. Geez, like, why can't there also be a balance? Like, maybe Overwatch is the game that you really, really want to get good at, but maybe you also just enjoy, like, shooting the mm-hmm. shit and playing Halo every once in a while, you know? <laughs> why does it have to be so... I don't know. It just doesn't seem like... And even product marketing and all of that. Every Razer commercial... Actually, I actually do love Razer commercials and products, but a lot of the... <laughs> so intense. Oh, geez. It is really what if, intense. What if you just made a gaming chair and told me how comfortable it is? In addition to the hardcore gaming, this is going to improve your performance. Like, Tell me about the lumbar support or something, you know? Like, bring a little fun in. <laughs> I know. I just want, like, a cozy chair. I just think and most people they're trying to sell their products to, they're just like, is this going to give me an edge ahead of someone else for some reason? Like, right. Or, or even, like, a lot of streamers. It's like, most streamers are either like insanely good at the game they're playing they're mm. super charismatic and they can just they're really good or they're like super charismatic can like hold a conversation with their audience and they're just fun to watch or like a combination mm. of the both do you guys have any streamers in your club um we do have there's someone in our club he does roblox youtube videos oh he that's like, fine he's like two million subscribers on youtube huh, that's really roblox neat. youtube yeah that's um, cool. I was wondering mm-hmm. if I didn't know if um because obviously with there being so much opportunity for gaming influencing now, I didn't know if that was worked into the college scene yet. You know, because it's like either you're competitive, if you if yeah. you make a career out of esports, so far, and that's not to yeah. say that these are the only paths, but the mm-hmm. two I guess hot paths right now are definitely either playing the competitive scene or being a streamer. So I didn't know you guys seem to have the competitive and casual and like the actual yeah. I stream like a little bit, but it's not like yeah. I mean, just like stream for fun. Like I did like I guess Skyrim tenth year anniversary. I love Skyrim, even though I the first time I ever played Skyrim was like twenty nineteen that winter, and I was like, oh my gosh, where's this game been forever? And I did a twenty four hour Skyrim stream when like the new version came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, no, that's pretty cat. I think that's like kind of casual. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I didn't know. I didn't know how that was making it into the college audience yet. If it was kind of, it seems like it's still kind of self-driven, which it's is fine. Still, the influencing, yeah, self-driven. yeah. The influencing industry in general is kind of, you know, people who are crazy enough to start a business Instagram instead of a personal one. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, that hasn't been quite uh mass produced and codified yet, but that's okay. That's, that's fine. I'm sure as, as gaming gets into more colleges, I bet we're going to see more on that which will be good um but i want to give a quick summary for the audience really quick so we talked about how there needs to be some sort of better forms of content moderation not sure what those look like but some way of just sort of removing toxicity with a more with more immediacy i guess is the best way of saying it um not letting it fester not letting it go on um but also being open to the people who said toxic things and trying to give them another chance to improve that behavior. Um, when it comes to college esports, I love that you guys focus on both competitive and casual kind of separately. So the competitive players can go and compete 
but market a lot to the casual audience and to a really diverse casual audience. So this is a place where you can come and have fun. Um, and I would love to remind listeners about the gaming book club, because I think that's such a fun idea. And that can be translated to all kinds of audiences across all kinds of Zoom parties. So I think that's so brilliant. Um, and I, that just must be so fun for you guys, which is cool. And at the end of every episode, we're wrapping up here. The one thing I like to ask of all of our guests is to do a moment of reflection. And I think this will be really fun to ask you because you are a younger person. So we're talking about a younger person talking to an even younger person. Um, but what is one thing you would like to tell your younger self about getting into the gaming industry and being successful? Um, I think like what I tell my younger self is like, there's always trying to have fun with it. Like always trying to find something to improve and like, just keep, make sure you like keep fun in the back of your mind. Cause at the end of the day, it is a video game. And if you're getting super stressed out over a video game and it's not fun for anymore, like you can just not play it and it's not the end of the world. Like always just try and like find a passion for it mm-hmm. and don't like be afraid to just, you know, always try and have fun. I think. I like that that ties in nicely with the whole, you don't have to be competitive all the time either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can just play things and have a good time and it can mm-hmm. be, it can be just that. I think that's a wonderful note to end on. Anna, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you for week. having me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much. For yeah, no time. problem. Yeah. And that's it for now, everyone. Cool. Make sure you check out all of our other podcasts. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star reading and review. If it's going to be less than five stars. Don't leave it or don't <laughs> tell me. <laughs> My ego is fragile. <laughs> but yeah, be sure to check out All of our podcasts drop every Tuesday and uh, we hope you'll join us for more. So thanks everyone.